Hello, visionaries. Today is Sunday, July 26, 2015. And the share ID for Friday, July 24, 2015 is 7866. 7866. What a wonderful Sunday morning it is today. And thank you for coming to spend part of it together with us here at Vision for you on the Sunday special edition. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Keep it simple in OA and AA is really a principle in all of its essence. It is a self-descriptive idea and recognizes that people generally want things very, very simple in meaning and easy to use and learn. In OA and AA, we use keep it simple as an acronym. But boy, howdy, is it easy to complicate things. With a soggy brain and little to no recovery, I analyze the heck out of everything and always wanting to improve upon things, adding this and that. All up in my ego and all up in my head. With good intentions, though, mind you. I've been thinking a lot recently about keeping it simple. Keeping to the process of the 12 simple steps. 12 simple steps for me and for my recovery and for giving it away. One sober, recovered, compulsive overeater sharing with another sober or suffering compulsive overeater. You know, with that idea, how in doing so, recovery for me has taken giant steps into deeper transformation when I've kept it simple. I wonder, in contrast, too, how it was that my great ideas of expanding and improving these simple steps with good intentions, how I complicated it and at times reversed or even stalled recovery for me and for others with all these layers of complication. I'd have a new bright idea about how to improve this and how to enhance that in recovery, how much more efficient this and how much better that if I were to bring all these new things to the 12 steps for a much more desirable outcome. <laughs> Should I add to this step? Should I speed up recovery a bit by doing this? Perhaps it would be much better and things would be much further along, if only. Oh, I won't go any further into what kind of schemes I came up with out of my desire <laughs> to do things differently on the inside, whether it be for my own recovery or for, on the outside for other suffering compulsive overeaters or with my grandiose thinking, the entire OA organization. From 12 very basic simple steps, an empire was actually born. Since 1939, there has never been a need or reason to change or improve upon the 12 basic steps of recovery. You know why? Because it still works. One compulsive overeater sharing with another compulsive overeater. The formula works the same today in 2015 as it did in 1939. It works 100%, 100% of the time. Today, A Vision for You presents Keeping It Simple, One Compulsive Overeater's Journey to Spiritual Recovery from Compulsive Overeating to Recovered, keeping this very critical concept intact. Clean, precise, simple. A prescription that anyone, anywhere, anytime can duplicate with the same end result. One suffering compulsive overeater to another. Simple enough. 
Please join me in welcoming Penny C., a fellow visionary. Penny will speak further about keeping it simple. She is here to pass on to us her personal experience with this very concept. Penny is a very loyal member of A Vision for You and often shares her hard-won wisdom with us. And she's never too far away from service just like this whenever she is needed. Thank you so much, Penny, for coming today, and good morning to you. Good morning, Melanie, and good morning, everybody else on the line and whoever may be listening later on on the recording. Um, Melanie said it like it is for me, that I could complicate anything with that analytic mind that I thought was so superior when I first came. And that, uh, in fact, I was going to rewrite the steps. There were certain parts that I didn't think Bill um, knew how to write very well. And definitely when it came to that idea that I have an allergy to certain foods, uh, that that was way out. I mean, after all, uh, I'm a nurse, and, and um, I even taught microbiology and and allergies. And what was it they didn't know? I I sincerely, so you know, uh, was going to write a letter to World Service. I didn't know I didn't know it was going to be AA or way. I was brand new, but I was going to accept them straight on that. So. I have been transformed. I, I've learned that this really, really is a simple program, and the more I try to analyze and complicate it, the the more difficult it becomes for me. Simple, but not easy. So I want to tell you how I came to choose this topic. When, um, when Leah presented the opportunity to me a good six weeks ago, to share on this special edition, she told me that, you know, gave me a few weeks to come up with the topic. And I went through several different topics, and every time I came back to keep it simple. And how I got to that is that when I first came around, which was June 10th, 1987, that's 20, over 28 years ago now, that what I, what I remember um, that first, very first meeting is that they talked about Dr. Bob and Bill W. being the founders of 12-step programs. And immediately, because I'm a nurse, I felt this connection to Dr. Bob. And it has only grown more and more as the years have gone on. I said recently to a fellow member of A Vision for You that when I get to God, the first thing I'm going to do is look up Dr. Bob because I'm sure we're related. What I found out was that June 10th was actually the birthday of AA because it was Dr. Bob's first day of continuous sobriety, and that was the first day of my continuous abstinence. As time went on, I realized that the big book was published in 1939, and you got it. That's the year I was born. And then we, I was up in, at, at the Bill Wilson house up in uh, Dorset, Vermont, picked up Dr. Bob in the good old timers book, and first sentence, Robert Holbrook Smith was born on August 8th, 1879. Well, August 8th is my birthday. So I keep looking for more connections now, and I really do feel an affinity for Dr. Bob. The first story I've read, the first 
any part of the big book I read was Dr. Bob's Nightmare then. And in that, I saw how important it was for him to do service. And I began to read about his life and, and what he had to say. And I saw online much, many, many things that we can find if we uh, have a computer or a tablet. I saw his prescription for a miracle, and it was just three short sentences. Clean house, trust God, help others. Simple as that. Simple as that. So what I wanted to say, tell you about the history of Keep It Simple and Dr. Bob is that Dr. Bob was a uh, as we know, just a, a small city at the time in Akron, Ohio, physician, a surgeon, and he met up with Doc, he met up with Bill Wilson, um, kind of almost um, by accident, but nothing in God's world happens by mistake. And here was Bill Wilson, a businessman, an entrepreneur, real kind of character, and. The two of them happened were, were were destined to meet, and that's the when Dr. Bob had Bill come and live with them, and and within a short time, Dr. Bob had his lifelong sobriety. So, as time went on, Bill would would be wanting to spread this this program. He even thought about setting up a hospital called AA and or maybe Bill's, Bill's place. And Dr. Bob kept saying, no, 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 we can't move ahead too fast. We have to keep this, we have to keep it simple. So the words that I want to read to you now come from Dr. Bob's very last speech to an AA convention. In fact, the first international convention in July of 1950 in Cleveland, Ohio. Mind you, he was very, very ill at the time. The man who drove him from Akron to Cleveland states that he didn't really know if Dr. Bob was going to make it. He was so weak from cancer and emphysema at the time. So Dr. Bob was determined, and his speech was very, very short, but he did it. And he was able to stand at the podium. I'm going to just read you one paragraph or two of what he had to say. He said, there are two or three things that flashed into my mind on which it would be fitting to lay a little emphasis. One is the simplicity of our program. Let's not louse it up with all Freudian complexes and things that are interesting to the scientific mind, but have little to do with our actual AA work. Our 12 steps, when simmered down to the last, resolve themselves into the words love and service. We understand what love is, and we understand what service is. So let's bear those two things in mind. And then another admonition let us remember to God that earring member, the tongue, and if we must use it, let's always use it with kindness and consideration and tolerance. And Dr. Bob was, was pretty much whisked away and brought back home that day, and three and a half months later, he, he, was, he was dead. Well, Bill went to visit Dr. Bob just a few days before he died. And again, 
it's written both in Pass It On, the story of Bill, the biography about Bill, and Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers, the biography of Dr. Bob. Both of those books record this incident that as Bill left Dr. Bob's house, Bob was just, just able to get up and see him to the door. And, and Bob stood at the door and Bill looked back. And Bob, again, in his weak voice said, remember, don't louse it up. Keep it simple. And, and that has been the, the essence of keeping my program going. Um, my sponsor told me when I first was asked to qualify at a meeting many, many years ago, I called her and I said, well, I'm writing out a plan because after all, I've taught and don't you write out a lesson plan and complete with evaluations and such. And she stopped me in my tracks and she said, Penny, hold on. All you need to do is be humble and honest. Talk from your heart be humble and honest. And since then, I've added one more requirement for when I speak, and that's that I impart some kind of hope, because after all, that's what these 12-step programs are about. It's about coming away with hope when we had none. So I came to OA, and I had, I had no hope. The only thing I knew is that it was free. I knew nothing about it. I was reeling from a very non-amicable divorce and um, it was just just in the pits. When I happened to be at a local church and saw in the bulletin, it wasn't even my own church, I was there for a meeting, and I saw, I picked up the bulletin and it said there was going to be an OA meeting that Wednesday night. And so I realized that uh, I had no money, absolutely no money at the time. I had not a credit card to my name. I didn't have a job. If you could imagine a woman that was was as 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 feeling as hopeless as anybody, that was that was I at the time. And I saw that it was. I knew how to get to the church, and it was a beautiful Wednesday evening. And I drove to this this lovely place place and my first OA meeting and to talk about being simple I went into that room there were maybe a dozen people and all I heard all I remember hearing that night were two things one a woman with a very strong English accent who spoke quite loudly and she said this disease of mine this disease of mine I was a nurse. I was 47 years old. I had been fat since I was a child. I don't ever remember not being fat except for a brief period when I decided in high school that I was going to go to my senior prom and I was going to look lovely and I was going to be able to run faster to play basketball and I lost 50 pounds also because I was told I couldn't get into nursing school unless I lost that weight before I docked at the door. Other than that, I just was a fat, fat kid, a fat adult, always, always struggling with the weight issue. And I, and I, I read all sorts of books and pamphlets and, and magazines, anything 
that would help me to be a normal weight and to try to find out what was wrong with me. Nobody, no doctor, nobody ever mentioned to me that maybe I had a disease. So I heard what I needed to hear that night. And I'm, my hope is that someone on this line, a newcomer, somebody's coming back, someone who's struggling with the food right this minute, will get something, will hear something that will give them the hope that I got that night. It was like a big weight was taken off my shoulders. I had a disease. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't the lazy slob that people called me and I internalized. It wasn't that I didn't have any willpower. It was simply that I was sick. I had a disease. And so I went home that night on the way home thinking, well, if I have a disease, this is how simple I kept it, then why don't I use my experience in having worked with diabetic patients, reinforcing their, their insulin requirements and mainly their food plan? So why don't I consider myself a diabetic? I am not a diabetic, but I knew that that was a healthy plan. And so right away, right away, the next day, I had a plan for how I was going to eat. And as the years went on, days went on, and even years went on, I began to see more and more about what my binge foods were. And I continue today to add those binge foods. And I ask God to help me avoid those, which I do. But it was as simple as that. I have a disease, but the disease requires me to take care of it. That's what I, my responsibility is. I need, to, I need to be a student of the steps. I need to nurture my abstinence and my recovery. I need to be grateful for what I have. And most importantly, I need to thank God every single day and pass it on. I cannot keep it. I cannot keep it without giving it away. What a paradox, but so true. And so... I, I continued on that path, and I have never since that day, with God's help and with the help of all of you people on the line, the, peoples in the people in the rooms, my sponsors over the years, I have never had the need to binge again. And that's just my story. That's my recovery. That doesn't mean I didn't pay my dues in other programs. I did all the things that most of us have done. Tried all, all sorts of diet clubs and all of that. But nowhere, nowhere in any of those clubs or any doctors I visited did anyone suggest that maybe I had a spiritual malady, that maybe I needed to bring a higher power into my attempt to recover. And, and that's, that's exactly what happened, is that I learned that all my religiosity, all the years of parochial education, even, even Jesuit college, did not give me the spiritual, spiritual life that I so enjoy today and that I need in order to recover. 
I just want to talk about one little incident. I was standing at the refrigerator one day, and I was talking with my sister, who's now gone to God, but she was in both of my 12-step programs. And, I, and, and this is before she had actually come to OA. And in those days, the telephone was attached to the wall, and it was attached to the wall right across, you know, within, within three feet of my refrigerator. And I remember saying to her, Barbara, I've already been through the cabinets, and now I'm in the refrigerator, and I'm trying everything to taste, everything that's in here. And I know there's something that's going to fill this hole, but I haven't found it yet, so I have to keep trying. And she laughed, and I laughed, and I continued to try to find something to fill that hole. Well, that was before OA. Since OA, I realized that that hole was a spiritual hole. Simple as that. I needed, I needed a higher power. I needed a spiritual life. And spirituality to me means that connection that I have with God is my higher power. And that connection is only going to happen if I stay in constant contact. I'm borrowing words from We Agnostics on page 51 where it says, Consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of my life. And it is to realize the presence of God in everything I do. And while I'm on that that note, I want to just talk about um, a special edition that I heard way back in, in, I believe, May, yes, May of 2013, and it was a woman named Robin. I've tried to call her. I've never been able to get in contact with her, and I'm sure she doesn't realize how much her share inspired me and, and affected my life from then on. She talked about the difficulties in their husband being ill and all the the um, trials that she and her family had been through. And at each point in her in her journey, she would stop and say, God, I'm yours and I trust you. God, I'm yours and I trust you. And that's exactly what I do today. Some of you have heard that I had surgery back in in February, emergency surgery, a serious, uh, a a bowel obstruction, which came on very suddenly. And here I was at 10 o'clock at night going into emergency surgery, the doctor telling me he wasn't sure exactly what he was going to, how extensive the surgery was going to be. And through it all, through the the trip to the doctors, the ambulance ride to the hospital, the long process in the ER, the surgery, going into surgery, I just kept saying, God, I'm yours and I trust you. And I do believe that of all the people around me, by then, two of my, three of my daughters, two nieces and, and, and friends were around me. And I think I was the only one who wasn't fearful because I had that trust in a higher power that I never, never had before coming to OA. It's only 12 steps that have given me this. So I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about, again, the idea of the simplicity of the program. 
in order to prepare for these, this talk, yesterday, God just gave me the thought, what do I do? What am I going to do to prepare? And, and, and it was a day that I was, I have just come back from a fantastic vacation up in the White Mountains with three sets of grandchildren coming at different times during that week and going to a park called Storyland and, and having more fun than any any of the, the children, I'm sure. And I'm going to be 76 in, in, in just a week and a half. And, and um, so yesterday was like just a, a down day and enjoying the beauty of a beautiful day in Massachusetts. And, and I took out the big book, and I simply read it. I read it from the doctor's opinion right up into A Vision for You, omitting the two chapters, a uh, family afterwards and to the employer, and kept picking out the word simple or simply as I went. And I found that about 20 times, 20 times that word is in, in, in our, our big book. It says that these are the kind, some of the things that I came across. Right in the forward to the first edition, it says, we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. And so that was my goal. In speaking this morning, God gave me that, those words. What do you need to do tomorrow, Penny? when you speak on a vision for you. It's, I need to be helpful to those who are afflicted. I need to impart my hope to, to be able to, to demonstrate through not only giving you facts, but just letting you know that my life is totally different. And I hope you can hear that, to let you know that I've, I've, I've been able to stay recovered with God's help, whenever anybody says to me, I can't get abstinent, I agree with them. I couldn't get abstinent. I had to have God's help. Then I could get abstinent and stay abstinent. And in Bill's story, it says, simply but smiling, smilingly, Abby said, I've got religion. Another simple Bill's story, I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who need, knew neither time or limitation. And the one I liked that we're always able to learn, in Bill's story, on page 14, he says, simple but not easy. A price has to be paid. A price has to be paid. For every promise in the big book, and there are many, we have the formal promises after step nine and after step 10, but the big book is filled with promises. But we're told that every promise requires an action before it. The promises just don't come true because we wish for it or because some, some lovely fairy comes down with her magic wand. We have to work for it. And there is a solution. It says, then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets drunk all over again. So the program, we recover through simple means, and we can get back into our disease by just simply not paying attention, by becoming complacent, by not continuing to be a student of the steps. Isn't it wonderful that we have the opportunity on a vision for you 
to call in every morning, Monday through Friday, and be able to study the steps, which, which are so important in keeping us recovered or in recovery, if that's the case. That's, that, that is a real, real privilege. For, for so many of the years that I was in OA, we didn't have this technology. So I'm just so grateful that we do have it and grateful to all the, the folks who keep it going, uh, everybody involved. It, it takes, you know, it takes a village to bring up a child. It takes a big community to keep this meeting going, and I'm so, so grateful for that. In We Agnostics, it says, so it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simple level. Just, just one day at a time. How simple can that be? Simply, this is We Agnostics again, simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable starting point. And that comes from We Agnostics, which, which helps us if we have trouble in identifying a higher power. We Agnostics has all the answers, all the directions are there. All the all the uh the hints, the the suggestions. You know, I used to skip when I read the big book, I always skipped we agnostics. I'm not an agnostic, I'm not an atheist. Why in the world would I need to read that? But again, being grateful to a vision for you and people who have shared on the line from their from their backgrounds, from their agnostic and atheist even backgrounds, I have become so open-minded. When I came, I knew the rules of the religion I was brought up in, and anyone who didn't follow them was bound to to just or go to hell. That's how narrow-minded I was, and I just am. I'm just so, I guess I'm proud of, of how much I've achieved, knowing that it's been through the help of God, that I am so open-minded. And not only that, I've been helped to, to appreciate, respect, and understand the attitude and the beliefs or non-beliefs of other people whose higher power is not at all like mine. I thank those people for sharing as they have on a vision for you. And how it works, it tells us that those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Melanie's introduction talked about that. Simple steps that require work, action, and dedication and and the help of a higher power, but they are simple, nothing ambiguous. So uh, I'm now I'm going to get. Let me get on to where how I got on to the steps. So I got my abstinence at my very first meeting with the help of God and and all those people that were there. I can look around my imagination, and I I I, I can. I don't see many of them, hardly any of them anymore around in the rooms. But I, 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 you know, we've got a wonderful camera in our minds called imagination, and there they are, and I, I, I thank them. So 
I left that meeting and 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 uh, and, and was just dedicated to abstinence. I only went to that meeting for a few, oh gosh for a couple of months, but they did want a treasurer. They needed a treasurer, so the people pleasing part of me worked, and I became the treasurer, which kept me going every week. And then about a year, a little over a year after I was in OA. I was told that it was time to get doing the steps because the mantra at that time was recovery is in the steps. I heard that from day one. Recovery is in the steps. And we had no other literature except AA in those days. The big book and the 12 and 12 of AA was all we had. And so I heard that there was going to be a a big book step study it wasn't like exactly like what we do on a vision for you, but it was every week for 13 months. And they, there were rules, so it wasn't sanctioned by OA because there were attendance rules and such. And, and I balked at that. Oh, my gosh, those, those controlling people that were telling me what I had to eat and what I had to do and how I couldn't miss one meeting unless I was in the hospital – and oh my goodness, it was, and then I read in the big book, we alcoholics, for me, we compulsive overeaters are undisciplined. So we let God discipline us in the way we have just outlined. And so that's why I was there. Now I know. But every week I balked and I'd say to a friend, I'm not going. They are so controlling. Who do they think they are? That was the old penny. <laughs> I was ready to I was ready to fight with any any rules there were. I was not a rule keeper in that sense. And so my friend, an OA member, would say to me, Penny, why don't you be ready to leave at twenty minutes to seven? Because if you've got your jacket on and you decide to go, you'll probably go. But if you're in the bathtub, you probably will not. And that made such good sense to me. So for all of those months, I went and I, and I finished. And that was my beginning of, of learning the big book. And I just loved it. And I, I've never stopped reading it or studying it since. And, and I, I would suggest that to anyone who's listening. Just, just keep reading it. It'll sink in if it hasn't already. Keep listening to meetings like A Vision for You and listening to how other people uh, understand the paragraphs one at a time that we read. And so as we went through that, that 13 months, the sponsor that I had took out the big book and showed me how all the answers and directions were there. And so we went through those first three steps. I thought I had it made because of all my parochial education, as I've spoken about. I didn't need those first three steps, but oh my gosh, did I. Did I ever. And so I began to be filled with the spirit of, of, of my higher power and connected little by little, and it continues today, that I feel that, that, that connection more and more. Just when I, you know, my prayer every morning is just a simple prayer that my dear Aunt Blanche taught me from the time she was a little girl till she died at 96. 
she said this prayer in her higher power as mine sometimes we call Jesus and she said good morning Jesus this day is for you I ask that you bless all I think say and do and so I suggest to other people that they just put in there whatever they call their higher power good morning higher power and 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 start that that's that's a, such a simple way to start my day and so we got through the first three steps. My sponsor had me actually kneel with a candle at her house and take that third step. And after all, what does that third step say? Just what I've been saying, that my job is to help others. My, my goal is to have God be, be present, higher power be present to me at all times. So I often, if not always say that third step prayer with my sponsees or people who call me, I usually suggest we end with a prayer, and that's that's one of the ones I usually pick, to ask God, you know, to relieve me of myself, relieve me of that bondage of self, that I can do God's will, not mine. It's not about Penny. You know, um, I heard that the best way to have a good time at any on, on, at any gathering or party or trip is to be dedicated to helping others have a good time, and then I'm the one that has the best time. And I saw that on my latest uh, vacation with grandchildren and and, and um, adult daughters and friends that I my goal was to help them all have a good time. <laughs> and it, 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 I guess you call it backfired. And I, I, I had more fun than anybody. I guess I've said that enough. But that, that's amazing to me because that's not what it was like. Life was a drudge for me. It was just, you know, oh, God, i got to survive another day. That, that, that's so foreign to me now. You know, that pit of self-pity that I used to live in, once in a while it'll appear. It tells me in the big book it's going to. I know what to do. I know what to do to get out of that. But I don't want to live in that self-pity. Poor Penny. That was my attitude. So let's get on. I'm going going to the fourth step. So what did we do when we went to the fourth step? When I got a big book sponsor a while later, and we did an in-depth study, she took out the big book, and we simply read it. And I looked up every word I didn't understand or didn't have a good definition for. And when we came to step four, she guided me through writing down all of my resentments and what the cause was and what the effect, how it affected my life. And then we simply went to page 67, where it tells me what, do I, what I need to do. It says, putting, putting out of our mind the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. So with each resentment, she had me write where I had been selfish. You know, what did I want for myself? Now I know... <laughs> I want everybody else to follow my script. That's basically what I want. And that's not, that, that's not the way of a recovered person. Where was I dishonest, self-seeking, frightened? And so I answered all of those. Where was I to blame? And that was a hard one 
Someone else had hurt me. I resented them. Now I was going to find where I was to blame. But she kept saying to me, Penny, find out where you got the ball rolling. And I, I can see it in every single resentment. So we, we, we placed them before us in black and white. We wrote them. And we admitted our wrongs honestly, and we were willing to set matters right. So I went through the resentments, the, the people, the places, the institutions, um, the principles. And I don't, I don't necessarily suggest this for everybody, but it took me a long, long time because I went back through every single resentment that I ever could imagine, right back to, to elementary school. I want to tell you what I tell people today, that it's sufficient that if I do enough resentments, and we call them turnarounds in this part of the country, if I do enough turnarounds and I begin to see the trends, I don't have to keep enlarging upon it, because I have a step 10 to look forward to. And step 10, I'm going, if a, if a resentment comes up from the past and it seems to linger, I do a step 10. So, oh my gosh, these steps are just so, so wonderful. So then we looked at my fears. And, and again, I turned the page, and on page 68, it says we reviewed our fears thoroughly, and it tells me what to do about them. It says we asked ourselves why we had them. And, 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 and the, the, the remedy is that, or the reason was that I did not rely on infinite higher power, whom I call God. But I relied on myself, and, and myself is not sufficient. I don't have that power. And so the, the fears then I know what to do about when I, when I get a fear. As with that surgery I mentioned, God, I'm yours and I trust you. God, I'm yours and I trust you. It, it, it works. It works. And again, uh, I would... I would would ask that anybody who is interested and wants to get that attitude, go, go listen to that special edition of Robin, May 2013. And so then we go down to what about sex problems? Well, when I came, I, I insisted that I did not have any sex problems because I didn't have any sex. <laughs> Um, my sponsor laughed just like I chuckled just now. And she reminded me that any any difficulty with the opposite gender was really a sex problem. And that we, we, we all have. We read the book together. It says we all have some problems. And to de- deny them is to deny my nature. And so I, indeed, I went back and I saw... I saw many, many problems where originally I had just wanted to pass it off as, oh, that's not me. You know, I, I, I already mentioned having grown up in, in nun school where you would never even talk about that subject. So it was, at the beginning, very uncomfortable for me even to, to mention it. 
And and now, you know, I thank God for that part of my of my being. And to deny to not to deny any part of me is is to deny God's handiwork. He made he made us all just the way we are, including our sexual desires and 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 that. And so we did that and we reviewed our conduct. My sponsor had me write the a sex ideal. And just to tell you how naive and how unknowing I was, I wrote, when she said I'd like you to write a sex ideal, I wrote what I would like in, in, a, in a person that I would be wanting as a sex partner, not what I would like, what I believed I should be like. And, and, you know, and she, she, she did chuckle a little bit and she said, well, this is very good. I hope you find him. But then, then she had me write what, what I know that I would like to be like, that the ideal Penny would like to be like in any kind of a relationship like that. So we went on then and, and, and after I finished reading the um, and it took me a long time again. I don't suggest it, but by the grace of God, I did stay abstinent all of that time. And and when I finished reading all of that, my fourth step to my sponsor. This is just what worked for me, and I didn't expect this to happen. It was winter, and she had a wood burning stove in her kitchen. And after I finished reading it all, I said to her, now I don't know what to do with this because I really don't want to leave it where somebody else will find it, mainly my children, and and have them find that maybe I even had resentments toward them. And so what, what do I do with it? And she looked at the stove, which was burning wood, and said to me, would you like to burn them? And I said, yes. And so we stood there and threw all, and there there was a lot of writing. We took those papers and we threw them into the fire. And she took my hand and we said the serenity prayer as we watched those burn, sort of like a sacrifice. And they were gone. And and I didn't, it wasn't planned. I didn't expect it to happen that way. But that's that that's um, that's where my fourth step went. So after the fifth step, um, I did go home and do what exactly what the big book says: take the book down from the shelf, review the steps, see if I had hidden anything, and then we went on to step eight, nine, and and made our I made my amends. As, as as was appropriate, I wrote letters. I went to my parents' grave and read the letters to them. Um, and I re- just want to say that what was important for me to hear is that it was not, was to, again, keep it simple. Don't blame anybody. Don't, don't um, negotiate. Don't have any self-pity. Just simply say it like it was. You know, I, I, I was not the best daughter I could have been. And for that, I make amends. You know, I don't apologize. I make amends, just like it says in the steps. 
To apologize is to say I'm sorry. To make amends is to have the willingness to make reparation for any, any wrong I have done. And so I did that. I, did, I made the amends. There are people I'll never be able to find, or maybe I will. And I'm ready to make amends if, if in, in fact, I'm able to find them. But I made an honest effort to find at least one person who I had been really, really nasty to when we were roommates in college. And I, I, at the time, I didn't realize how nasty I was. And so today, I, I live in step 10, 11, and 12. I take people's 10th step call. And I want to mention another special edition before I end. In, in also in 2013, in October, this uh, special edition, it says Step 10, Louisa. And the Step 10 is, is actually acted out by Harlan, Louisa, and Leah. And I, I, I suggest this to, to, to anybody I, I can. It's a clear, very, very clear demonstration where they actually role play actual resentments and show us how to use the big book to do exactly what it says, to go from steps four through nine and then resolutely turn my attention to helping someone else. Don't miss that, if, if, if I could just give you that suggestion. It's, it's, again, simple, as simple can be, to just be able to follow along in that step 10 process, and the resentment then will be lifted. And then step 11. What I do with step 11, and a lot of people call it step 10, um, a lot of people that call me say, oh, I did my Step 10 nightly review. I'm not into correcting them, really, unless there's a good opportunity. I don't stop and correct them. Oh, you know, that Step 11. I think the important thing is that we do it. And what we call it is not so important. So what I've done is just gone to the big book, and I've just typed up all those questions, Ten or 12 questions I think there are. And I keep it by my bedside. And as I go to bed at night, most of the time it doesn't take, it, it takes very little time. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, a lengthy process. I don't write it out. I do make notes if I realize that I need to talk to someone the next day about something. One of the questions is, do I need to talk to somebody uh, about this you know, have, have, have I kept my, to myself something that needs to be talked about? But what that Step 11 inventory does for me is that all through the day, even right now, those questions, those, those um, ways of life are in my mind. So that when I'm at, I found myself at um, an outlet store um, you know, children's clothes. And I was looking, and I saw that somebody had dropped uh, a, a garment on the floor. And, you know, my thought was, well, I didn't drop it. And before, before another thought can came, come into mind, I thought, pick it up. That's how I'm helpful in little ways. 
And that's how my life has changed. Before 12-step programs, I would have just left it there. You know, when I'm in a, in a supermarket, simple. I bring the cart back to where it was, where, where the, the uh, parking area is for those shopping carts. And that's, that's how life goes today. And what does it do? I feel good about myself. But I did God's work, even in just, just picking up that garment or returning the shopping cart. And, and, and it's, it's just my way of life today is just so amazing. I know that there are things I plan to say. There's three. I used to teach a, a course, a, a workshop on presentation skills. <laughs> and, you know, I let those go for today. But I know that what we used to say is that there's three presentations you give. The one you plan to give, the one you wished you had given, and the one you actually gave. Well, I, didn't, I know I didn't give any of those today. I gave the one God wanted me to give. And, and I, I'm, I was, in some cases, as surprised as anyone else about what came out of my mouth because it was about, all about keeping it simple, trusting God, and telling God that whatever comes out of my mouth, I will be happy with, I will be satisfied, because nothing, nothing in God's world happens by mistake. Absolutely nothing, it says. I, I love, I love the, that whole thing on acceptance so much that I memorized it when I first came around. And it, comes, it just comes into my consciousness so often. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems. All my problems. And God is bigger than anything. So God, my higher power, knew what I was going to say today. He knew how it was going to affect someone out there. And my, my last, last thing I want to say is, if anybody, anybody got help today, thank your higher power. Thank my higher power. Thank God. It's, it has nothing, and I'm convinced of this, it has absolutely nothing to do with Penny C., it, 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 it's all about higher power and, and his, her, its, whatever you call it, its work through you. Um, and so with that, I'm going to end. And with um, this, this words of Dr. Bob again, let's not lose this thing up. Let's keep it simple. And I thank all of you for listening, and thank you, Melanie. Thank you very much, Penny C. What a wonderful, comprehensive presentation on keeping it simple. Appreciate that so much. We will be giving out Penny's contact information at the conclusion of our meeting today. It will give you a chance to get your paper and pencil to get her contact information. Maybe many of you would like to continue this conversation with her. Thank you again for giving so much of yourself today, Penny. What a great thing. And what we'll do now is, if you have the time and inclination, Penny, is to um, move over into question and answer period time here at A Vision for You. Folks might have some questions for you, so hopefully you'll stay and help us with that today. Yes, sure. Fantastic. Oh, hi, Janice. I was just going to ask, who has questions? And yes, you do. Hi. Good morning. Allison. 
I'm going to go with Janice Sam, and I think I heard Allison. Hang on just one second with me, Janice, and I'm going to see who else is out there. I hear Janice and Allison. Anyone else this morning with question for Penny? Danae. Danae. Anyone else? Okay, we'll go with that. Laverne. Yvonne? Laverne. Lavon. Yeah, close enough. Hello, this is like a lot of things from Laverne. Maybe it's Laverne. I'm not real sure, but we'll go with Laverne, Lavon, and then I hear Raquel. Hi, Janice. Well, good morning to you, and good morning, Melanie, and everyone. Oh, I'm so excited because <laughs> I know I know you know a long, a long time, Penny, and I just loved it because you know I just could identify it with it every bit. God bless you. God was with you. I just have a question. When you say you burnt your fourth step, I don't know if you said you burnt your fourth step and then you went on, or did you wait till all the steps were done? I mean, I, I, because, you know, as a sponsor, you know, I don't guide the sponsors that way, the sponsees, you know, because... Okay, I got you. I, I, I think I understand your question. Okay, before before we, we burnt it, my sponsor had me, as we went along, keep a list of names. So that I could use them in the make amends step. Okay, I believe that's that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Janice. Yeah, and as I said, it was a surprise to me and her that it was it was a God thing again. That it just there was the burning there was the stove. I mean, how many people have a wood burning stove right there in their kitchen? And and it just seemed to be the right thing to do, and so we did it. But you you got that list. We I had the list. Yes. You had the list. Okay, good enough. I had the list ready to use for the um, for the eighth and ninth step. Uh huh. Makes it very clear. I knew you had to do something like that, Penny. Thank you so much. Thank. Thanks, Janice. Thanks, Janice. The next person with a question, please, for Penny Allison. And what's the first initial of your last name, Allison? Hi, um, this is Allison C from New Jersey. Thank you. Hi. Good morning. Hi, uh, good morning. Um, so my question is, um, you know, after being recovered, working through your steps and everything, was there ever a point in time where you were struggling, whether it's, um, uh, you know, either something that's going on in life or, you know, struggling with food thoughts, and where do you find, um, like, what step is it or what do you find is something that needs to happen like uh, for example I'll just give you from my personal experience that I worked through my steps and I you know had some things going on in my life uh, you know some mental illness type things Um, but I also just started to have food thoughts and started to have issues with people again and I'm not sure where I was lacking so I've actually gone back to review the book again and working my steps and going to be starting another step four again. But um, from your personal experience, was there ever a time in your recovery that you had, um, you know, maybe some trouble with something or, or not really something that you weren't letting go of or something like a fear or a resentment um, or struggle with food thoughts and, and what you did to kind of uh, help with that? And the answer is, of course. Uh, the big book tells me that I'm going, it doesn't say if I ever have a problem or, or you know, anything comes up. It's, it's when, it's when. So the big book tells us very, very practically uh, and simply that what do we do? 
What do we do if these things occur? Well, first we keep in fit spiritual condition, so that's a preventive measure. If I keep in fit spiritual condition, the chances of those kinds of things occurring are less, but they're not erased. You know, uh, it says in the book again that we are not saints, you know, we're not perfect. We're looking for spiritual progress, not perfection. And so, yes, and maybe an example can be that um, probably about three months ago now, I was in deep, deep fear. And it was a fear of dying because I I have um, what, the, what my cardiologist calls, um, uh, what does he say? He says it's a... It's a harmless annoyance, and that's that I get these irregular heartbeats. And sometimes they're very strong, and sometimes uh, I, I, well, this particular day, I was very fearful. So I called another compulsive overeater who I, uh, I, I treat something like a sponsor. She's, she's my go-to person because we really, we really, really gel together. And and I, I said I need to do a step 10. There's step 10 always if there's a struggle. And and I said, I, I've got this great fear. And I said, you know, I, it's fear of death. And I don't think there's any of us, maybe there are some who that doesn't occur to at times because we're human. And so she walked me through it. And, and her answer was that, she, like I, believe that we're going to see our, our loved ones who have passed on again. And so she walked me through it anyway with the belief that, the, you know, when it says when I'm working with others or I'm talking to others, we get some sort of sense. It says this in working with us. We get a sense of their religious leanings. And so I found that she and I have a, have a good you know, a connection there. So that helped me a lot. And and yes, food thoughts, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm not cured. I'm recovered, not cured. And so the answer to that is yes. You know, and what do I do if I get a compulsive food thought? Not often, hardly at all. But when it does come, because it will, sometimes in a dream, I woke up one morning, this is quite a few years ago, and my hands felt sticky, um, and I was sure I had had a sugary product that I haven't had in years and years. My hands actually felt sticky, and it took a while to come to and realize that indeed they were not. But that, that was what I dreamt about. And when I talked to my sponsor about it, she says, she said, that's a gentle message that you are a compulsive overeater and don't ever forget it. So what do I do about it? I, I, I trust God. I say, God, I, I go right to, and maybe you, you might remember that I t- talked about what I read in... Um, let me let me find that again because I only made a couple of notes, and one of them was um, consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of my life. That's from We Agnostics, and when I read that as I wrote went, read through the Big Book yesterday, I thought that says it exactly 
as it is for me, that if I keep conscious of my higher power, that I'm going to know what to do. Does that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear because that page that you were talking about, which I think is page 51 or uh, in We Agnostics, is exactly where I am in the book right now. So thank you. Oh, good, 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 good. All right, have a good day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Allison C. And Danae, you're up next. And if you would give me the first initial of your last name, please. I think it was Laverne. I have Danae first. But we can oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Danae, are you there? Press star one. Yes, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it's Danae M. Danae M. Hi. Good morning to you. Your question for Penny. Yes, I just have one. Thank you, Penny, for all your sharing. It was great. And um, you mentioned that there was a um, um, special edition about the 10 step that it was acted. Do you remember the name yes. of it? Or something? Yes. Um, in the special editions, 2013, and aren't we fortunate to have all of those? I mean, whenever whenever we, we um, need help, there's there's so much right there on that website. That website is absolutely amazing, amazing. So anyway, it's Louisa, and it's October of 2013. It says Step 10, Louisa. And when you listen, you'll realize that Holland helps her get through some 10th steps. You have to listen a little while before Holland comes on, and then... Uh, near the end, Leia presents, I believe, two tenth steps that she needs to work out with Holland. And they're, they're authentic, real tenth steps that he works out with them. Okay, great. Thank you so very much. Yeah, I, I, I hope you listen. Thank you. Thank you, Danae M. And Laverne? Uh, yes, this is Laverne T. from uh, Columbus, Ohio. And um, I would like to know, I'm new to the Vision of You um, meeting program, and I'd like to know exactly what the vision for you means. And um, I also would like to know, um, what is the latest edition of the AA Big Book? Thank you very much. Okay, I can do that. Um, A Vision for You started three years ago, as you probably You may have heard the special edition last week, which was the 30th anniversary. And the name was taken from the chapter in the big book, which is the last chapter in the first 164 pages that were the original manuscript. And, And the name of that chapter is A Vision for You. And the edition of the big book that we're on right now is the fourth edition. However... If you have the first, second, third, or fourth edition, all the the text is exactly the same. It has not been changed. Melanie mentioned that in the introduction. It has not been changed since it was published in 1939. Each edition, the words in that first 164 pages and the doctor's opinion are exactly the same. Does that answer your question, Laverne? 
Yes, it does. I appreciate that answer. Um, okay, keep coming back to our meeting. Okay, thank you. I'm going to have to get a little bit deeper into the vision for you because I'm not understanding what the vision is right now. I think it is, um, as I'm talking about Excuse me, but it's AA's vision. It's not, it's not our vision in particular, the people on a vision for you. It's the vision of, of, of AA. Right, and that's just to be recovered, correct? Well, put simply, yes. <laughs> God bless and have a great day on the Lord. God bless you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laverne T. And perhaps if you stick around after the recording has stopped, maybe you can give your telephone number and some folks can call you and talk to you more about that. Or visit us tomorrow at our big book study. That's a side note. Thanks so much. Raquel E., you're the next person with a question for Penny C. Hello. Hi. Hi, see Penny and Melanie and all my dear friends online. Sucks. Now everybody's going to know Penny's phone number and what they're going to do. <laughs> I have to laugh because I, I came in just a few minutes after the program started and I heard your voice and I was so happy from so far away across the globe to be so connected with you people. Penny, that was an incredible, incredible uh, review of all the steps. Maybe I was not listening well enough, but I kind of didn't hear you say about uh, six and seven after you burned the manuscript, uh, you kind of went right into eight and nine, I think. So, so one thing, uh, if you will, if if I'm right, if you'd say a few words about six and seven, because these are the two steps that I am, you know, struggling a lot with. Um, I think I understand them, but I have a hard time being entirely ready to have the defects of character removed because some of them have brought some good results somehow. It's hard for me to differentiate when that quality brings more harm than, than benefit and to let go and to let God really remove it from me, like the need to talk to everybody. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to ask, to thank you very, very much for the wonderful talk, to ask about six and seven, and then... To, uh, to to tell you how grateful I am that we have you, that we have the friends, that I, I feel so lucky today, especially after this talk, that, that God took me almost like, like he picks us with, with, a, with a pair of scissors and brings us into program and that I am fortunate enough to uh, have the hope that I will get to the convention and meet the people, you and, and other people in person, but I already managed to manufacture a lot of fear around this trip and um, that I will need to talk about, but at least to be able to recognize that it's just a creation of my imagination about difficulties that may come up because gradually things really work out. and especially your guiding me back to Robin's talk, which I keep in my mind and, and use all the time. God, I'm yours and I trust you. I mean, how much can go wrong already if nothing in God's world happens by accident? You know, 
I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've never made one big enough that he couldn't fix for me one way or another. Excuse me, Raquel. Is Thank your question you so about is your is your yeah. question about fear for Penny C? I was wondering about if we fear, could about, frame that about, for you. About manufacturing a fear about the future. Such and such okay. is going to happen. Now, I love baking and and I'll go to one of my daughters. She has a ten year old. I want to do this whether I haven't touched flour or sugar or any you know, done anything when I get this with my hands, uh in six years, would eight mind, months. Doctor? Raquel, would you mind if we, if in the interest of others, if, do you mind if we kind of shape it, shape your question in that, just kind of in yeah, a short, I, simple I'm way, afraid the fear of the future? Trusting, I'm okay. afraid that I'll trust to do things that I have avoided and helped help me keep my abstinence and that I should not get into testing, you know, Thank testing you. my... My yeah, um, it's Penny. It's Penny, Melanie. Um, may I speak to Raquel? Yes, please. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, Raquel, Raquel, thank you so much. Um, I smile just hearing your voice, and thank you for your calling all the way from Israel. And um, we can talk more afterwards. I'm going to answer, I'm going to respond to what I heard. You started with speaking more about steps six and seven, and, 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 um, Maybe I did brush over that a little bit. When I went home from doing step five with my sponsor having burned step four, and I followed the directions in the big book, which says that I take the book down from the shelf, and that's step six and seven, and I look and see if there's anything I've omitted. And, and, and um, I'm, you know, take a whole hour to do that. And then ask myself, is there anything that I'm not willing to let God have? Is there anything that I really want to hold on to? And in way, way back when I first went through the steps in that 13-month program I talked about, the one thing I wasn't ready to let go of was the coupons and how I was able to, um, and I mentioned this one day on a vision for you when people called me and said I did the same thing. You know, I, I would pass coupons that were not for the product I was buying, and I thought I was pretty smart doing that. And, and, and I, I, wasn't, I was not willing to let that go until my sponsor said to me, what's, what's recovery worth to you? What's recovery worth to you? And I had to think about that for, for some time before I was willing to let it go, and it, it made all the difference. I used to be so anxious doing that, that it was, it was time. God knew that I needed to, to be willing to let that defect go and, and then humbly asked God to remove. And if I sincerely and humbly ask my higher power to remove a defect, because I've done the work and because I've trust in God, my higher power, I can, I can assume or believe, I don't like the word assume, I can believe that God will do that for me. And so, yeah, I, I did go home and take that hour and, and do just what the big book says. And about the fear, we can talk more about that in one-on-one, uh, -on -one. okay, Raquel? 
Thank you so much, Penny, for that response. Appreciate that. Is there anyone else that has a question for Penny this morning? Hi, I Melanie. Do. Hi, Miss Penny. My name is, this is Mary Lee. And Mary, Mary Lee. Mary Lee. Mary Lee. Lee. And I hear Christy. And Nancy. And then who else? Nancy. Joanna. Joanna, is that what I hear? S A is Sharona. Sharona. Yes, I'm calling from Israel. Sharona, okay. And then was there? I have. Julie. I have Mary. I have Mary Lee, Christy, Mary H, Julie, and Sharona. Who else? Nancy M. Nancy M. Nancy S. Or is it Nancy S? Okay, great. I'm having a hard time hearing today. And Alice M. Alice M. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to go mm-hmm. with Mary Lee first. And mm-hmm. I heard somebody God. else, but we'll catch up with you. we'll catch up with you. Let's go with uh, Mary Lee, please. Thank you. This Hi, Mary Lee. Hi, Miss Penny. Good morning to you. Thank you for warming my heart again. Could you talk about the twelve suggestions that you have by your bedside? Oh, sure, sure. It's nothing more than what the 11th step says that on retiring at night, what we do. And so um, it makes it just very, very easy, convenient, and I do it. I do it because um, what it, it helps me to, to do that 11th step review, to have that, to have that paper by my bedside that, you know, you know, that I've typed up and put a picture of the big book on that. And I just go do the questions. You know, was I selfish today? Now, mind you, I've been thinking about. I've been. I've been aware of this all through the day. It's not the first time I've. I look at those questions for the day, because being being um, conscious of the presence of my higher power, and conscious of the fact that I live the twelve steps especially 10, 11, and 12, all through the day I'm saying to myself, am I being loving and, and, and caring? Am I, am I being selfish right now? And, I, and, and with God's help, I catch myself. So, yeah, I have those 12 st- questions, but in order to find them, all anyone needs to do is go to the big book and maybe someone can help me with the page. I don't... Re- I, I don't always um, have the page in my... Page 66, Penny. What page is it, please? 86. Page 86, Penny. 86, okay. So, um, you know, I commit to memory what I find necessary. I know I could find it in the big book. And, um, and so uh, that's what I do. Just take those... I just took those questions and, and typed them up, and so I have them there conveniently and wonderfully able to do it every single night. And you know what? When I was on vacation, I did not bring it with me, and I still did it. As I got into bed, I remembered, was I selfish today? Was I dishonest? You know, and I went, I went right through those questions. It, it takes a very, very short time most of the time. Thank you so much, Mary Lee, for the question. Christy yeah, thanks, Mary Lee. Yes, um, I was wondering how long it should take a person to get through the 12 steps. 
because um Who is this please? I have I have a quite how long oh this is Christy B. Oh okay California. Mhm. I was just wondering how long it should take a person to get through the twelve steps, like the first three and then and then the four step. I know I have a very lengthy four step too. And I think you mentioned you did. Uh and um but Would I'm you say the question move. again? How long? What does it take? Should it take to get through? The yeah. Okay. Steps? That's that's the word I was looking for. Should I was looking for the word should? Um, all right. Can I answer now, or did you have more to say? Uh. Well. Yeah, I'm going to answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the word should. I try to not make part of my vocabulary, nor do I, and I, and I suggest to other people that when I say should, I'm, I'm judging myself or somebody else. And, and so I don't use that word, um, how long does it take? Um, yeah. The should is up to the people. I, I, my belief is that the big book it has the directions, and the big book tells us that um, it's 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 uh, desirable to go through the steps in a in a steady and um, in relatively um, quick fashion. Um, however, when I work with other people, and and over the years I realize that not everybody has the same the same lot in life. And so there may be somebody who ha- is retired and can spend hours a day working on their fourth step, for instance. And there's other people who by necessity have to do it slowly. The problem is that because we're compulsive overeaters, that many people, when they linger and they haven't reached the the recover really become recovered yet that means they haven't gotten through the, right up to step 9 that they'll go back to the food because they don't know how to handle the emotions that come up and they seek the ease and comfort that the first bite will give them that was not my experience my experience is even though it took me a long time i did not have the need to go back to the food for ease and comfort. My experience is not like everyone else's, though. So I, I, I suggest the people I work with, the goal we have is six months. But, you know, it, it's, it varies, it varies. And if you read the big book, it does say that we re- it uses the word resolutely a couple of times, which means we get right to it. And and so um, I don't have much more to say on that subject. I, I I think we do the best we can to get through the steps. And, I mean, if we're going on a journey and we want to get to a certain um, place because we know that, like, let me, let me use the, the vacation we just had. My grandchildren couldn't wait to get to Storyland which is about 200 miles away. So we didn't linger. We didn't stop, you know, in, in, in anywhere else. We, they, they wanted to get right there, so we did it. 
And and so if we want to be recovered, you know, let's let's keep let's do it as efficiently and thoroughly. The problem I see is that some people in the rush to get to their destination and and in 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 this is not this is about the journey, not the destination actually. But in order to get recovered, they buzz through it so fast that they're not thorough. So that's the answer. Do it as quickly as possible, making sure that it's thorough and and um and humble and honest. Thank you, Christy B for your question. Mary H, you're next with your question for Penny. Hi, thank you. This is Mary H., newly recovered in Northern California. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Thanks, Penny. Um, My question is, do you have any suggestions or words of encouragement about um, reaching out and making phone calls? And um, so that's simply what it is. It's it's, uh, a natural isolator, and I feel like I'm brand new. I don't know anybody. No one knows me. Okay, um, I do. Encouragement. Thank you. Okay. All right. The first thing I'd like to tell you, Mary, Mary, Mary H. The first thing I'd like to say to you is to um, put your fear behind you, because most of the time it's it's a fear thing. What if people um, are busy? What if? What if? What if? And and realize that when you make a call to a recovered or recovering compulsive overeater you are helping that person to to stay in recovery because as my sponsor said to me very early on everything i say in the way of helping someone else reinforces what i need to hear myself all that good stuff that comes from working the steps and the other thing is what someone told me many, many years ago, if you need the words, here are the words. You call up and you say, hello, my name is Mary Mary H. Is this so-and-so? And the person says, yes, this is, this is Jane. Jane, I'm a compulsive overeater. Do you have time for, for a quick OA call? And the person either says, yes, I do, or no, I don't. And you say, how long do you have? I mean, these are the words. Thank you. Hello, my name is Mary H. Is this Jane? Yes, it is. Do you have time? I'm a compulsive overreader. Do you have time for a call? Okay. Mary, are you still there? Am I being heard, Melanie? You are. You are. If Mary is still there, and I'll I'll say it for the rest of the people, even if you get nine machines and you have to leave a message, even if the person says, I'm sorry, but I'm just on my way out the door, you, every time you make that call, you are reinforcing the first step, which is so very important that we are powerless. Why would you be making that call if you weren't powerless over food? So you're reinforcing that first step for yourself and don't get discouraged about 
getting nine phones, uh, nine answering machines. Okay? Okay. Can you hear me, Penny, now? I can. Oh, good. Yes. I was um, muted and I was answering you. But yes, thank you so much. That's, that's what I needed to hear because it's, yeah, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. Thank you for your question, Mary H. Julie, you're next with a question for Penny. And would you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Hello? Hi, Julie. No, it's Penny. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I were I was just for checking Julie. if and I was still. <laughs> and if Julie is not there, I was looking for Julie and her first initial of her last name. If not, let's move on to Sharona. Sharona, are you still with us? Hello, Melanie? Hello, is this Hello? Sharona? Yes, it is. Excellent. How about I the first initial heard? of your last name, please? My, uh, my first initial is I. I? I? Like iceberg? Yes. Fantastic. Yes, I Your like question? iceberg, exactly. <laughs> uh, Your question. Thank you, for everyone. Uh, uh, thank you, Penny, for your conversation. Uh, I'm coming from Israel, and actually I have a, a personal story in one minute. Uh, I'm living in Israel for three weeks, and I'm going to Canada. And I would really like to give my phone numbers, and if anyone can call me, I'm I'm really scared from this trip. You know, I'm going with my three children and my husband to a place I've never been at, at Toronto, Canada. It's a family house. Uh, I'm not very familiar with them, and I would just like to share my fear and my anxiety and my whatever feelings go up, you know, going on a trip first time in recovery. Uh, of course, I took care of my food, and I hope, I pray to God uh, that everything will be as, as it should be and just not being not being uh, over, uh, uh, just to react on anything before I think and pray. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to give, maybe I, I give Penny to answer, and let Penny answer me, and then I will give my phone number, if it's okay. Melanie? Yes, yes, go, that would be fine. Okay. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. So. Okay, Melanie, so do you have the question? It's not a yeah, question. She's, she's, exactly. start, she's traveling exactly, abroad. You know, me going I, I, heard, I heard that... Um, Sharona, you're coming to um, North America. You're going to Canada, to Toronto, and you're you're looking for phone calls. Um, my suggestion also would be, if you're on the member list, um, I think there's a way, Melanie, you can help me out. I think there's a way that you can sort by by state. Is that right? That's correct. There's a certain and, and there are the several people who who are from Toronto, and you may be able to even hook up with them while you're there. One, one I, uh, Esther, she's, uh, Esther, I called her and I reached out, and uh, I made a phone call, and she called me back, and we talked, and I'll probably meet her, and maybe go together uh, to a meeting, and I hope 
I don't know if I can do it every morning because I have three children, but I'm going to listen to the Vision for You meeting. And, but uh, still, I would like to have some phone, uh, more phone calls, even from New York City or, you know, the area. Thank you so much, Sharona. Just in the interest of questions that are coming up, um, we're going to give you Penny's information that you can give her a call, and then certainly I can give mine too that you can give me a call, and we can work all these things out, and then perhaps at the end of the meeting you can give your phone number too. But in the interest, if, if we could either formulate your, your thoughts into a question for Penny or, or if you were just wanting to share your concern, we have that information and we can move on to the next question for now. I, I think it's enough just uh, uh, just uh, I, I don't want to forget to get the information uh, your your in the contact information you and Melanie and Penny yes it would be a great help for me to know that I can give call to someone who already heard my voice and know me perfect perfect uh, we'll get all that information to you we'll be in contact with you we'll give you our number yeah. and you can call us thank you much travel Sharona. Nancy what? S. Well, what's your question, please? Nancy S. will be the next one with her question, please. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Penny. This is Nancy S. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing this morning. It was awesome. I have a question. When you, um, you, you mentioned a little prayer, I think you were talking about the third step um, prayer, and you said something about good morning, Jesus, or good morning, higher power, this day. Can you repeat that slowly so I can write it down? I didn't. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an own, own personal little prayer that my aunt, who was um, like a second mother to me, um, taught me years ago, and she said it every day of her life. And it, and I said it in the interest of of again exemplifying how simple it is. And uh, Melanie, is that all right if I repeat it? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I, I think so it goes like it's about being outside 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 issues, but I, yeah, I'm a little Yeah, it's very it. simple. It's, okay, it's, it's, it's it's you know, so much of what we do is 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 so much like program. So I say first thing, I I roll right out of bed on my knees in in humility and and say good morning, Jesus, or higher power. This day is for you. I ask that you bless all I think, say, and do. And and I'll just add to that when I when I, I stop overthink and many times I'll just put my my um, palm on my on my uh, forehead and and then to my lips and then to my hands. I I'll stretch my hands out. It's just a, a just a simple way to start the day, and it it gets me going. Thank you so much, Nancy S. And thanks, Penny C. Alice M. You're next. And thank you, Aunt Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Hi, this is Alice M. from Florida. Florida. I just recovered compulsive eater. Hi, Penny. Thank you so much this morning. Hi, Alice. Hey, um, I wanted to state the question first, and then I want to. Um, um, just, just um, say what it is. Why I have this question. Um, so I'd like to hear Penny. Really, I'd like to hear from Dr. Bob and Bill. But since they're not accessible, um, you're up, Penny. <laughs> so what? What? And you you said a lot in the beginning of the meeting about um, you know keeping it simple. And Dr. Bob's you know the whole 
dialogue around that. Um, so I want to know what your personal understanding of 74 years later after this book was written, um, what keeping it simple might mean and what it does not mean. And here's why I asked that question. Um, and, you know, bottom line is that I want to work this 12-step program with integrity and um, how it is written out. But the keep it simple, you know, in, in AA, it's don't drink, go to meetings, and help another alcoholic. And when I look at the tools of OA today, um, I notice that several of them aren't part of the original tools. Like uh, we do a lot of daily readings and responsive writing, phone calls. A lot of us have personal sponsors where we check in daily. It's just, it's just don't eat, go to meetings, help another food addict. Um, so, you know, what could look like complicating the steps through more tools and like intense step turnarounds, um, things like that we've added to it. You know, it's, it's, it, one part of me says, oh, that's complicating it. We need to stick to the basics. You know, that's pretty much a way for me getting out of extra work, I think. But it might not be what Dr. Bob meant by complicating things. You know, I really don't think so. Um, and so, you know, as a fellowship, you know, I would hope we take to heart what we read, the three sentences we read out of that, those two paragraphs at the end of every Vision for You meeting. And they are, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. So when in terms of, you know, keeping it simple, people, you know, big book literalists, they, you know, it's like you've got to follow it by the big book. You've got to follow that. You can't add anything. And I look at, okay, so what more has been disclosed to us um, over these past 74 years since those sentences were written? And I think a lot. You know, we have a lot more, much more knowledge in science and psychology in the field of food addiction, you know, that has informed changes on how we might go about our program of recovery, our personal journeys, um, you know, specifically around, you know, the like different consequences of food addiction, you know, a lot of... Um, you know, there might be more deep emotional work that we found is more helpful to food addicts. Anyway, so all this knowledge, I believe, you know, Dr. Bill and Bill D Dr. Bob and Bill W. would welcome and encourage us to make changes as necessary, you know, to how we do the step work. Um, and, you know, I just have to keep going back to that, you know, many, many fellows say, you know, we have to work the steps exactly as written, as simply as it is written in, you know, 74 years ago. But, I go back to that, what I read in 1957 in AA Comes of Age, where Bill writes, we must remember that AA steps are suggestions only. A belief in them as they stand is not at all a requirement for membership among us. So um, I just am, am curious because my program today looks very complicated compared to don't eat, go to meetings, help another food at it. And I want to say, you know, I've, I just don't think that that's what keep it simple meant. I think that he, anyway, going back to the question. So Penny, what, you know, what, what understanding, you know, this many years later, do you have then of what keep it simple means and what it does not mean? Um, and I know this is just your opinion because that's all we all have. So I'll, I'll, that's what I'd like to hear. Okay. Okay. Um, I think what Dr. Bob meant by keep it simple is not to stray too far away from the steps. Not, you know, I mean, it, not not that, um, because the big book does tell us, make use of what other uh, disciplines have to give us. It doesn't say we are restricted to the 12 steps. 
But on the other hand, we can't lose sight of them. Um, an AA speaker I heard talking about how he was in a, a um, out-of-town city and went to an AA meeting, and this was many years ago. And he said, and some people might recognize who said this, he said, you know, I got there and I wasn't sure if I was at AA or BB or AB because it didn't it didn't seem like it was a 12-step meeting. They didn't even read the steps. They went off on all sorts of 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 scientific tangents. And I think that's what Dr. Bob was getting at is that even though we add to our knowledge, and I agree with you completely, everything you had to say, Alice, that um, we can't cop out by saying those three things, but um, the steps don't say don't eat whatever those three things are. I, I, I've lost them in my head right now. Um, the, 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 you know, that, those are things that were picked up over the years, and... Um, they're fine, except that let's not stray too far from the basic principles. And yes, even though, you know, they are suggestions, um, they're the basis of of our programs and and let's not lose let's not let let's not deviate, let's not stray too far from them in the process of learning more and I'm all for learning more. Does that does that answer your question, Alice? Yeah, I think that as you were saying that, I thought it's it's okay to enrich each of those steps. Oh, enrich! I like that. I, I that's a great word. I think we we we're we're called on to enrich our spiritual life for that matter. Um, constantly, we we you know we're not at a standstill. We're we're constantly progressing, or or we're going to go backwards. Yeah, I just yeah. don't want you know. Um, start with, you know, my head wanted to analyze everything. Like I said in the beginning, I was going to rewrite, I literally was going to rewrite the steps, and I was sure everybody would, would, would be very grateful that they had my input. I, I, that's how, how obnoxious and, and arrogant I was. And that's not, that's not what, what, what you know, is, is uh, suggested. But, yeah, I, I, I've learned a lot more and and um, just in the interest of keeping to um, the traditions, um, I'm not saying it now, but you and I can talk and 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 we can um, we can share on all sorts of different subjects that help us, right? Well, thank you so much, Alice, for the question and thanks. Penny, yeah, thank you, Alice. Going to get close to wrapping up here today and give our speaker a chance to to have the, her day back. But are there any other questions for Penny today? Can she give her telephone number, please? Yep. We're yeah, gonna Melanie, that. I want. May I say something about my phone number? Sure. Okay. Um, it's it sometimes becomes overwhelming as I've talked to other people as well and and, and uh, I will do my best to get back to people. Um, I don't have any uh, vacations planned or, or anything like that for the time, so I will do my very best to get back to people. Um, if you don't get me on the phone, please try my email because uh, we can set up a time, but I will be definitely ready for your call, okay? 
And thank you so much. And Deborah, we typically um, give that information after the recording is stopped. So just hang on, and we're going to get that out for you. Penny will offer that for us. Anyone with a question today before Eve? we wrap up? One more time. Eve. Eve. Hi, Eve. First initial of your last name? A is an alpha. Hey, as an alpha. Great. Thanks so much. And you'll be our last question for today. Go ahead, Eve, with your question. Yes. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Penny. My question is, I'm still writing, so I'm, I haven't finished all the steps. And I was wondering, how do you do a, a pseudo 10th step turnaround when the feelings are coming up and the resentments are coming up? How do you guide your sponsees on dealing with that? Yeah, I think I, I I'm understanding why you called while you're asking that question. Uh, it's not necessary to do all the steps, in my opinion, before we engage in ten, eleven, and twelve. Um, that's a way of life. Ten, eleven, and twelve. We're better equipped to live in those steps once we've been through the first nine. But if emotions are coming up or resentments are coming up, and we need relief. This is how my sponsor dealt with me. Um, I recall one time this, this resentment came up, and and it was um, interfering with my being able to to do the the writing for the tenth step. It was it was pretty pretty serious stuff. And she said to me, "You need relief." And so she took me through steps four through nine quickly. And and um, and certainly it helped a lot. So uh, if some if you were to call me and you said I have this huge fear, I would try to guide you through the steps through through a tenth step, um, not a pseudo, but maybe maybe uh, in less detail. But I would I would try to help you get some relief so you could effectively get back to doing your writing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Eve, and thank you so much again, Penny, and the time that you spent here answering these questions that we had today. You know what? Can I say again, Melanie, that thank you and thank everybody who's been on the line or who asked questions because it is so true, and Dr. Bob says it, um, that any, any anything I do to help another compulsive overeater is a is a, a an insurance against a possible slip for me, and it really does help my program to in my recovery to be able to do this. So I thank you and everybody else who's been um, asked questions or or just was there to listen. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Great meeting, and we'll close this meeting like we do all of our Sunday special edition meetings with page 164 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of a happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.